podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the She Can, She Did podcast, aka the podcast in which I, Fiona Grayson, sit down with female founders in their teens, 20s and 30s and ask them to open up to me about the honest realities that they've had to face both in front of and behind the scenes, the good, the bad, and the more often than not oh-so-challenging to get to where they are with their businesses today, with the overarching aim of providing emotional resilience to current female founders who can take comfort in the knowledge that they're not the only ones facing setbacks with their businesses and that perseverance is of course key but also to encourage aspiring business owners that if she can you can too the only caveat being of course that you're willing to grit your teeth and work damn hard in this week's episode i got to chat to a young woman who at 25 has faced more hardships in the past decade than many do in a lifetime and yet in the midst of it all managed to launch run and grow what has become the iconic British brand that is Charlotte Elizabeth, a ladies leather handbag brand that started very much in Charlotte's bedroom and went on to become internationally celebrated when none other than Meghan Markle was seen carrying one of Charlotte's designs the week before the royal wedding. No biggie, eh? Likening the demand to that scene in Bruce Almighty when he first becomes God and the list of prayers come flooding in via email. 11 year old me used to quote that film all the time. So when she used that simile in this interview, I for one very much appreciated it. Charlotte popped over to mine on a Friday afternoon last fortnight to unveil what the sudden influx of orders and global demand meant for her and her business behind the scenes in reality. She also, of course, highlights a good few years of work that came prior to that apparent overnight success. How she's managed to visualize so many key moments in the company's history before they become a reality, why she decided to move all manufacturing of the bags from Britain to Spain, and one of my favourite parts of the interview, why she believes that finding your purpose in life is the biggest pillar of health. I've admired Charlotte since she first spoke at the third ever midweek mingle in London back in August 2018, so it was an absolute joy to spend an afternoon with her for proper catch-ups and find out the ins and outs of her story in full since then. As always, grab yourself a cuppa. I never know why I say that, I'm such a coffee drinker, but I know some of you drink tea as well, so grab yourself whatever hot drink or cold drink, and I really, really hope you enjoy listening to our chat. I feel like, Charlotte, we need to wake up. We've just done an hour's recording for your project that you're working on at the moment, and now this is a bad time for me to be like, let's interview you. (laughs) I don't know why we thought this was a good idea, but we're good. We're good. We've got cookies. Yeah, Fee's provided snacks. She's provided golden retrievers and cats. What's what's not to love right now? (laughs) Except when Horatio just killed a mouse halfway through the last recording. I mean, it was a nice gift though. Yeah, it's a weird meow though, isn't it? Oh, we've got a cat here. Oh, that's Hebe. She's she's better behaved. Charlotte, we met what August twenty. 2018 mm-hmm. and you were in the midst of the Megan mania that is Megan yeah. Markle mm-hmm. your handbags that you've designed are just so unbelievably beautiful it's no surprise that a royal would carry one <laughs> thank can you. you talk to me in your own words let's go back to the beginning what your brand is all about and we'll go from there as I always say I mean are you ready mm. I'm a big chatter me and <laughs> you both chatter so yeah. please brace yourselves <laughs> um, 
So I'm Charlotte yeah. and I'm the founder of a company called Charlotte Elizabeth. So I am now 25 years old. The idea came in my late teens, probably 2014, end of 2013. And my sister Amy, who you've met today, yeah. who's here, she came into Absolute my bedroom. Absolute babe. <laughs> I've got two other sisters, so I'm the youngest. So she came into my bedroom one day and she said to me, why can you not find a nice handbag? Like, why is it when I go into Topshop, I just get things that just like wear out? within a few wears and why is it I can't buy myself like a Chloe handbag that Mm. is so expensive and something just flashed it was very strange at that time I'd actually left school earlier than expected I left at 16 I'd only got a handful of GCSEs and I'd actually just had a heart operation a few months before which totally shattered my life and it was totally unexpected because I kind of grown up thinking you just like go to school you get A levels you go to university you get a nice cushy job and that's Mm. it I really really did not realize that actually something may happen that may jeopardize all of that Mm. and so yeah I I was going through a very hard time because I'd just gone through this major surgery and I've only just kind of learned how big that was yeah and I went through all of that heart surgery is about (laughs) as intense as a surgery I mean I will say it's a non-invasive so they don't have to go in the way that you probably would know but it's intense Mm. and it knocked it out of me and basically after the surgery I got glandular fever and then that escalated into chronic fatigue syndrome and something called POTS mm. which people listening to us may know deliciously Ella she yeah, had yeah, that yeah. yeah so it's the same illness and with that I got a collection of mental health issues as mm. well so it's a very lovely mix but I was just home in bed all day resting and my sisters were you know in their careers and just starting out and it was this idea it's so strange when Amy was in my bedroom and suddenly that just sparked this image in my head and I remember seeing this figure of this bag and I call it the bluesbury now but it was there and it was so strong and i always remember listening to an interview with jk rowling who mm-hmm. obviously is this incredible lady <laughs> and she said she was on a train and she got the idea of harry potter i'm not relating myself to jk rowling <laughs> but i understood exactly what she meant when she said it was a rush and it was a feeling and it was just there and it was just how do I get there Mm. so I I had this idea I remember thinking in my head this is going to be huge if I allow it to be if I go after it do I have the guts to do that I don't know yes I probably do deep down and then it was weird because at the same time my other sister Emma (laughs) both now work with me which is crazy she again came into my bedroom and she had been on her commute home and she'd seen in the evening standard that there was this article about Prince's Trust Mm -hmm. and this young mother who had started a business through their help through this course called the Enterprise Course and you know I was going through a really hard time so I was barely even going out to the nearest local Tesco Mm -hmm. I mean I couldn't even get out and suddenly I saw that article and I was so inspired and I went instantly online searched where the nearest course was which was actually up in Stevenage because I'm from Hertfordshire and I remember just at the time I signed up to it and then that was it and then I went along to the Prince Charles Enterprise course with this idea. And how old are you at this point? 18 or 19. Okay, so you're still super, super young. I'm pretty young. Yeah. To have the balls to kind of walk in a room and be like, yeah, I had this major idea in my head and I just 
it was so weird I just knew I knew it was there in the future in terms of that course then how long was that course four days four days but it's intense like like nine to five yeah so I went along and I was sat around a table I will just say anything Prince's Trust as far as I'm aware it's for people who feel like they've slipped the net a little bit of Mm. standard society so people who have gone through really hard journeys people who've been in jail and they've come back and I mean where do you even start Mm. sorry by the way I've I've had a cold just a little bit snotty Um, I'm just blocked Um, yeah so there's inspirational people who were there and I really loved sort of meeting new people because I'd only been at school with like a standard set of people and Mm -hmm. suddenly I was realizing that there was a big wide world out there and I realized that my empathy began to grow then of people who've actually gone through really hard stuff instead of looking at people and going oh you've been in jail bad I just saw them as people who needed a helping hand and that's where the Prince of Trust came in and I was one of these people that you know I needed help and we all sat around this table and we had to learn about how to do a business plan which was absolutely fundamental in establishing my idea and yeah it just developed during the days really yeah, yeah definitely and I guess correct me if I'm wrong it's similar to the virgin startup scheme right and that you get yeah, a loan at the end of it I actually applied for that you know oh really yeah I don't think I got accepted it was the same sort of time and I was waiting to hear back from the trust and I just remember thinking oh I'll apply to that but yeah it's a similar thing and I personally think that that course is incredible because I've now met people through that who've got careers who go on to hire lots of people and I just think it was so empowering mm. because it gave vulnerable people who as I say had slipped the net confidence was low suddenly they were put in a room and they were being told we believe in you yeah yeah and there's and I've never been told that yeah it's so empowering I think like I always think I'm so lucky in that mum and dad ever since I was little always said no matter like you could be anything if you Mm. work for it you can be anything you want to be yeah it's it's no the sky's the limit kind of thing uh I think genuinely it is believing in yourself and I was saying to you earlier that at school I was always a little bit of an outcast I was always the very creative one I only liked English a little bit of science I loved English loved the writing and art that's yeah. all I liked mm. I didn't like anything else and I remember that being seen as a bad thing and actually throughout sort of my journey now with all that I've kind of created I've realized that actually those were the things that kind of needed to be pulled out earlier but I'm really glad because the Prince's Trust pulled them out of me and said look even though you're not strong in this area that's not a bad thing mm, yeah. you know you can always adapt your brain so yeah. in terms of those four days then that's that is a really intense course like, yeah um, you have to come up with this business plan did you get the money straight away no it no. wasn't that easy so do your business plan really they tell you how to do a business plan how to do a cash flow what tax is i didn't know what tax or vat like, was you don't have to say it like that like i'm still yeah. learning <laughs> you know, we're oh. all learning here yeah, yeah. i genuinely did not know that you had to pay tax or yeah. vat i i didn't realize so i've certainly learned a lot yeah from, from then to now but we all learned so I'd learned all of that and then I remember my course leader Tracy Talbot who I'm still friends with now she's honestly one of those figureheads in my life that I will genuinely never forget Mm. you know always be grateful for like those teachers who believe in you know just incredible and it was weird because at the end of our four days we sat down and she said okay so how are you establishing you know this idea what you're going to do with it and I remember I said to her you know I have this bag idea and obviously she knew because she'd been working with me for those days and then I said oh but I've got these other ideas you know I have this idea of a production company for 
you know, it was when YouTube was starting. And I remember thinking, well, if I could get a production company up and going so that we provide kind of that in-between stage of all these bloggers who are starting. <laughs> I just had this idea, like, plucked out of nowhere like a week before. And I remember thinking, like, oh, I'll go with that. And then I went with another idea. I can't even remember that now. And then I remember she said to me, she was like, cut the nonsense. You know, you're just saying this because you're scared. And she said, what are you scared about? And I said, I'm scared that it's going to get too big. And I knew... It was very strange. It can sound overconfident, but I don't think it was because I just knew in my gut, if I went for it, it would be big. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And then she said to me, stick with the bags. Mm. And I'll never forget, she said that. And she said, stick with the bags. And she flicked the business plan kind of out the way, the two other ones. And she said to me, stick with the bags. And I'll never forget that statement ever. And even in the hardest moments now, (laughs) that's like one of the first things I tell myself, stick with the bags. Mm. And I remember at that point, I just kind of believed in myself and realised, actually, what am I so afraid of? So your mentor says that. I'm really interested mm, in... That I'm, was the course leader. I got a the mentor course, afterwards. Oh, right, yeah. the course leader. She tells you to stick with the bags. Mm. I'm interested in the process. When it is a bag, given that it's this... How do you describe it? Like, it's a British... Like, it's leather, it's... it's well, it was British. Beautiful. It's a British brand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the basis of the idea that came as that epiphany when Amy was in my bedroom or after she'd left. It was that bag shape and then my mind just started going from one thing to another and it was almost like I'd hit this electric energy in my head and it just suddenly started going off in all different ways. Snowballs. You know what was so weird? Until that point in my life, I'd always felt like I didn't know who I was or knew what I was here to do. Mm. And then when that happened, it just all felt so right. And it was like, yeah this is it and then it sounded bonkers because I was just like a teenage girl trying to make this bag thing happen that (laughs) middle-aged people try and set up and you know I was told by people like oh it'll never happen like get over it at this point you know it's not gonna happen and actually I'm always really grateful for things like that because it makes you realize in your own head no Mm. sorry I'm gonna make this happen I'm gonna prove to myself I can even if people don't say it in so many words you can Mm. always sense that and that's the kind of thing where those kind of conversations or those kind of vibes sometimes are so uncomfortable but equally you walk away from them you're like oh game on do you know what I mean it's like using it as fire in your belly to just Mm. spur you on I think I agree and I think all these things are lessons and they just teach you you know if you agreed with that person then that's just teaching you you need to work on yourself yeah 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 Yeah. 100 percent. okay so you've got the business plan Mm. you're sticking with the bags Mm -hmm. talk me through the process you obviously had a very distinct and clear idea of what the design would look like Mm. but making that into a reality in terms of sourcing fabric financing Mm -hmm. it all it can be so overwhelming the list of Mm -hmm. what needs to be done before you actually see that physical product Mm -hmm. in hand how did you approach that and especially like the funding side as well you know what's strange thinking back I never felt overwhelmed or stressed oh really ever yeah because I just it was all fun it was all hard work it was all drive it was all purpose that none of it felt yeah hard which is really strange because actually when I look back now I think how the hell did you do that Mm. especially with my set of cards that I was dealing with at the time I just think it was almost like it was meant to be Mm. it was everything when I look back now it just shows that it was absolutely meant to be yeah but yeah so I went away from the course and then had like something pretty major happen with my health got even worse and And it took me two years to get back to the trust. So 2016, I went back with this business plan and 
I had kind of worked out everything kind of off my own back you know I'd sourced leather companies around the UK and then I searched manufacturers in the UK throughout those two years yeah and I found someone who could do it in Somerset and then the January of 2016 so two months before I saw the trust again or at least I went to their Dragon's Den panel which is where you get your money and your mentoring otherwise they kind of just sort of say come back to us when it's more Mm. established but I think that's the way it goes really but yes I went away and then I got my first Bloomsbury prototype done in January 2016 and I launched it in March so it didn't take long oh my gosh yeah and I went to all by yourself yeah well my sisters helped out like I said earlier I remember me and Amy sat around the kitchen table and we were googling you know leather in in Scotland and things Mm. but yeah I kind of just done it off my hotmail account my Facebook hotmail account you know these terrible names that you have and I just done it to a manufacturer in Somerset and they agreed that they'd make the proto went ahead with that and then went to the Prince's Trust and I had all my business plan in place cash flow everything was done and I had to pitch it to them and it was incredibly daunting actually but Mm. I was I believed in it so much that there was never a point where I was like I'm not gonna get this it was just like it's gonna happen and then after that I've got to really make it happen yeah definitely and it's interesting that that whole pitch thing it's Mm. kind of I think things like that put people off and I remember Mm. the launch of the mingles for instance I never never enjoyed public speaking I've done so much of it through school and uni but but I never enjoyed it it. but I saw a hypnotherapist before the mingles because I was so determined that wasn't going to stop me Mm. you know it was a case of did that help you by the way yeah yeah, amazing I I could talk all day about that Uh, yeah same I was so cynical but I think there is such a lot to be said for even when you're uncomfortable like pitching to a board at the Mm. Prince's Trust for funding no one looks at that and goes oh my god that sounds like great fun but you have to just do it and it's like kind of the price you have to pay to get to the next stage Uh grit your teeth and get on with it I've had many moments like that um on from there but yeah I I'll just say I wasn't well at all at the time I was actually in a wheelchair at the time and could barely even get out of the house for let alone Mm. 20 minutes so I worked towards it in my head and my mum and dad took me so it absolutely took it out of me but I came home and I realized wow I've got three thousand pounds loan it was a loan so it wasn't a grant but even in that essence it was incredible because three thousand pounds yeah it was insane and ultimately you know I was given a mentor who would be there for me through the two years but actually he's still there for me now yeah which is he's a great friend and it was that coming away from it and like I said I finally felt like I'd found my calling Mm. and it was like even though I was being given really hard cards and knife I was able to kind of have something that was a relief from all of Mm. that and it was all the strength I mustered kind of proved to myself I'm not actually as weak as I thought Mm. I don't want to labor the Mm. point at all because I know that it's something you are distancing yourself from but Mm. there was a time where you couldn't move right yeah I've been through just ups and downs yeah. so yeah I've had like a I say it's complex health issues the amount of people I've met with these issues mm-hmm. it's actually so common for instance this POTS thing is more common I believe so than one of the diabetes in young women and yet it's not highlighted yeah it's very common in young women I think it's a post-puberty thing personally or it can come on from trauma so I think I had a collection and viral so basically I you know developed that I, I'd had this heart surgery and I think it was just so many things and then I have virus after virus after virus and then I developed chronic fatigue syndrome which is basically at its very worst your body has absolutely no energy mm. and, and I don't mean hungover gone for a long walk 
shattered from working weeks and then I mean you cannot even lift your head off the pillow mm. and because I had all these other issues going on obviously that didn't make any of it better mm. and I've only just kind of learned recently that I was actually dealing with a heart condition at that point which I thought was gone so really I just had really shit cards I was gonna say going as far as the cards go Charlotte that's a real dodgy it, hand that's, yeah it was really hard um that's an intense one none of it was fatal or whatever but it was bloody awful and mm. do you know what you though know, there's a lot to be said for someone that yeah. gets dealt those cards and mm. like doesn't succumb to it you know mm. you you took it and you confronted it head on and look what you now I think. think I just I was so angry at what had happened and I like more of a peaceful angry though because I just remember thinking like I w- it was that time where Facebook was a real thing mm. so you know when you used to go on it and it was all that time where people were at uni or they were going on gap yards yeah and people were doing that and I just remember sitting in bed and this is when I could sort of you know twiddle on laptops or whatever mm. and I used to look at it and just be like I never thought why me but I was so angry inside that it had happened and I was so young and all my life had been shattered and all I looked forward to every day was my mum like bringing the dog up to bed and just sitting with me with a cup of tea I mean golden retrievers are good like yeah they are they're brilliant (laughs) but you know that was my life and I had to be waited on hand and foot and of course I was angry I had to use a wheelchair and but there came a point where I suppose I realized well this really is it if I just keep fighting against my own head it's only gonna get worse Mm. and I was in a very very bad way and then I started going through a very like spiritual journey of kind of just accepting what happened accepting that life hadn't gone my way and Mm. and actually I can make it go my way and I'm not saying starting a business gets rid of all of that pain it definitely does not but it made me have purpose, which I actually think is the biggest pillar of health. Yeah. I really do. And no um, one's worded it like that before, and that's so mm, true. It's it's absolutely incredible. And you know, even I have to challenge my head and my body every day. And, you know, I've had better periods where I kind of recovered from all of it a couple of years ago. But, you know, I've had a quite a major relapse and had to go through a second surgery recently. So I have to fight my head every day and my body and, you know, my head's telling me, stay safe, you know, stay at home, don't go out because, yeah. you know, you've gone through a lot. And my body's telling me, you know, sit down, you need to rest or this, that. And I, I have to fight it because actually I've realised, you know, years have gone past. I was 16 when that all started and I'm 25 now. It's nearly 10 years. I've got to get on with my life mm. and I've got to do things that actually... I've basically got to work on how I can adapt my life to what I have. And I think that's one of the most fundamental pieces of acceptance yeah. of yourself. Make the cards work for you. Yeah. And actually, don't be defined by it. Like, mm. I don't walk around now talking about my health. Mm. I know I'm talking yeah. about it now. My bad. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, I just think my health is a very small percentage of it. A hundred percent. And It's the, not. Yeah. The only it's not reason what I'm is- defined by that I think for this interview it's so Mm. important though is because it's so easy to look at you now Mm. and it's so easy to look at your company and think oh my goodness you know Mm. she's doing so incredibly well she's uh, Meghan Markle carried her bag it's an overnight success she's so lucky see I find things like that really hard to swallow Mm. but she's so lucky do you know what I mean that phrase I'm like no 
this is why I'm talking about yeah. it because she's not lucky. She's literally worked so damn hard. Oh, and harder. That's yeah. yeah, I can give myself that. You know, I've worked harder than most people would do trying to do what I was doing, like starting a hand company because I was, at the same time, I was dealing with the very worst hmm. situation. But I did it and yeah. she so can, she did. Yeah, she can, she did. <laughs> The website goes live. Mm. Talk me through how you got the brand out there, the word out there. This is before Megan. Yeah. I actually built the website myself because I was a beauty lifestyle blogger before. Oh, fashion really? blogger. Amazing. I used to get mum and dad to make photos of me in the garden <laughs> with Topshop's new in section on. Yeah, yeah. So I, I knew coding. Mm-hmm. I taught myself how to code. And from that skill of sitting in my bed learning how to code, I started this website. And then basically with the three thousand pounds i ordered 40 bags 10 of four colors which were our first bloomsbury collection and what's that black brown red black and cream? black chocolate i called chocolate. it chestnut and gray gray okay and gray was actually very lovely it had like a bluey hue to it i loved it but yeah so i had 40 bags and i had this white ikea office desk and i lined up like my dad had to help me because everyone always had to help me because you know i was quite weak and he lined up the bags and i read the just like orchestrating this photo shoot from yeah. my bed and i was sat on my bed with this heavy camera i could barely even like carry it but i was determined and i was like i want it like that absolute perfectionist yeah, yeah my dad was like military precision turn the bag that way yeah, yeah. but you know i took all the photos myself and then the next day it was up live and it was funny because social media hadn't really come on that much then it was still very much like where is this going and I just remember I hadn't really told anyone I hadn't told friends really and I just uploaded this photo of a bag to my personal I think it was just like Charlotte Jones one two three or something and I'd uploaded it to that on my Instagram and was just like this is what I've been working on behind the scenes and it got like 10 likes and I was so excited because I was like 10 10 (laughs) and then yeah I had these likes and I just remember thinking oh my god a little dopamine hit yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then I hadn't even thought like I had to start like a company one but I've tried that's the the same account we use now was is still that account I've just archived a lot (laughs) (laughs) and I hope a lot doesn't uh, come up in my future but yeah I just it was a really weird time because I remember thinking you know even if my sisters buy it I'd be happy Mm. it was weird because I was in this imbalance in my head where I knew it would do really well I never had a question or a doubt in my head like this will fail it was never there but I absolutely did not understand in my head that people would buy them like Mm. real people yeah yeah. it was really strange and how long did it take to I suppose get that first real order in first day really yeah somehow I think the website SEO maybe helped but I had one from Germany oh my god yeah that's crazy it was incredible so she bought that gray one it's like here we go yeah sort of thing It, it was like wow but also this very logical head of here we go mm, it's like yeah. start of many yeah, yeah, yeah. so go. it was great yeah and then we sold all of those and all the family had to help out going to the local post office sending them off but I think at that point it was very shoddy the way that I sent them off because it was very home business so I used to just like put them in random boxes that I'd got from like online shopping yeah, yeah. and I used to send off like little handmade notes just saying like thank you so much you honestly don't yeah. know how much this has helped me has the price point differed since back then yeah yeah yeah. it's had to yeah no I can imagine yeah and um, let's growth yeah let's stick with that a bit yeah. then because they're not 
cheap handbags they're not luxury handbags they're, they're attainable yeah they are i would say so you can work towards it you know I'm not, I'm not from a very wealthy background yeah, yeah, yeah. so i've never owned a designer handbag in my life and i wanted something that is attainable and as i've grown as well i also realized that what would i be seeing at this age on say all of my friend's salaries at a standard salary mm. at 25 years old or 23 yeah. 25 whatever but yeah so the price point originally was 129 pounds okay and at that point it was giving me sort of enough profit but obviously i hadn't signed up to the 80 then because mm-hmm. i wasn't turning over is it 70 or 80k i think 80 yeah 80. i wasn't turning that over then so i obviously didn't have overheads i was at home i didn't have staff it was just me and it was the website and i was doing all the photography so really i was doing absolutely everything yeah which is sad because i didn't realize then that actually that should have been rewarded mm. in that price but i just always plugged it back into the company yeah so you know obviously the price point had to adapt to that which has been painful personally because you kind of think oh I really hope I'm not distancing from some customers but I've had to I've had to Mm. to survive yeah you have to and I've never done it to be greedy yeah it's only ever been to survive yeah yeah 100% so in terms of orders Mm. Let's jump to the Megan bit because the business has changed since Megan, right? Yeah. It was very much, if in terms of Ooh. you always hear about these overnight successes. Oh, and I kind of think overnight success with you, that in many ways, yes, but I do mm. think that all of this, a lot of groundwork had been done pre-Megan. Oh, there's no such thing as an overnight yeah, success. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd work towards it. I'd earn my way. Yeah. I will tell you now that at the very beginning, I've always been a dreamer, a very visual person. I visualize a lot. And I visualized obviously the whole thing from my bed this company and it was gonna mm. hire my sisters and it was gonna do this and this, this and it would be in Fennec and John Lewis and Liberty and I I knew yeah. and the weird thing was is originally I was like a princess is gonna wear it one of the royal family is gonna wear it and that's gonna be it yeah which sounds mad to some people and I'm sure some people think I'm just totally making that up out Charlotte, there. I just told you but on I'm... the previous interview that you just did that I want to interview Michelle Obama. Like, <laughs> you will. You got to put it out there, girl. You got I know you will. Yeah. Strive exactly. exactly. Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, where are you? I'll just sit with the rack having tea. And I've just tea. killed it. Like, yeah. <laughs> where were we? Prin- uh, yeah, yeah. Princess. I visualised it and I remember saying like I think my family I was like one day a princess will wear it and then I always remember thinking "Mm, I don't have a feeling Kate will do it and then I remember thinking okay so when Harry has his next girlfriend it was in that period Mm. where he was just like the third wheel and I just remember thinking "Mm, it will probably be his next girlfriend wife and it was this weird thing like I just knew it was, it was like I just knew, even before she was in his life. Oh, wow. And it was it was the Princess Trust that I suppose helped get that into her hands? No. Oh, really? This is, yeah, this is the surprise. Is It wasn't anything. It was my own. What did you do? How did you get it? I done? can't really talk. I'm under, oh, I'm under really? strict from You're, Kenston oh, Palace. Yes. Yeah, you don't um, want to upset Queenie. I'll try and, no. It happened in probably a far more natural way. I'm trying to be very elusive here than most people would think okay really best mates with megan is that what you're trying to say (laughs) no but it it happened in an incredibly natural way and the things that went on in that period behind the scenes i wish i could talk about yeah yeah. because it was so magical and it was so incredible but obviously i can't yeah i'm sworn to secrecy oh i love that yeah um okay so let's talk about the megan effect though because yeah we could talk about as soon as it happens and after that and i remember those photos because that megan i mean she still is but she was everywhere 
It and was the mega moment. It was, and she was wearing the green midi skirt, and she mm, had the trench, and then yeah, your your yeah, bag. Victoria Beckham. Yeah, yeah, it was just insane. I mean, I think back to it now, and really, it was a girl from her bedroom. You know, not making myself some sob story here, but really, I couldn't barely leave the house. Had major health concerns going on, and yet I'd managed to get something I'd been working so hard at pottering away with that massive opportunity Mm. and to this day I will forever be grateful that Megan saw that spark in me Mm. and chose to support that because I think she knew she wanted to support me because she knew it was what I'd worked towards and I deserved it but it was madness I mean I grown the brand through being incredibly honest Mm. incredibly personal so it was just like you know organic and like grown it through Instagram and it really picked up and I was meeting all these young women who had the same sort of cards as me and Mm. we were connecting and it was all very incredible and you know all friends that I hadn't spoken to for years suddenly started contacting me saying wow you're doing amazing and it was just incredible and then I'd shared a lot about my health I'd been very vocal and then suddenly when Megan happened overnight my life kind of changed and I won't say change for the worse or better it just changed like life adapts and does and Mm. I thought I was prepared for it but I definitely was not but you know it changed overnight and suddenly the side that I haven't spoken about anywhere and I could speak about with you because you're my friend but I could never speak about you know on the press or whatever is I found it really hard and I don't think that's something to be ashamed of oh my gosh Charlotte not at all like when you think about it in terms of the orders it went from that suddenly the demand was international people calling you up there was a six-month waiting list it was meant like that's meant it was numbers. incredible i mean i i remember but repeat business owners dream of this so like, oh oh like, yeah and i was never in it for the money so mm. i think when that side came i actually freaked out and i was like wow shit's got very real yeah, yeah, very um and i've been on benefit as well mm-hmm. i'm yeah. plugging that into the company before because obviously I, I wasn't making anything off the company until a certain point and then suddenly it went mad and you know i said i've been vocal about how i'd started it and i still believe that you know it's a lovely part of how i started it but it kind of scared me because suddenly bags off doing its thing it's over all the papers it's when megan did her last royal engagement with harry before the wedding yeah. so it's when the press loved her yeah i mean i do not appreciate how the press treat her now but it was that beautiful all moment eyes what she was it was incredible is, was, she, most famous especially at that time pre it was it was pretty most famous woman in the world you could argue like oh in yeah terms of the pa- most powerful yeah. most powerful for sure yeah but it was a strange moment and obviously I saw the bag on all these papers but also suddenly I'd had this sort of organic growth with it so a lot of people I already do knew about my health journey and what mm. happened to me and my bag and how I created all of that from that you know those cards but suddenly it was all over the papers mm. and people were dragging things up from blog posts from years ago as in not bible like things I've been interviewed on and suddenly I'd realized that I had not had the boundary up mm. and suddenly I think a lot of people saw it as like a really good thing that I shared it and obviously I believe it was at the time a really good thing and it obviously helped me and helped people but in doing that it was Pandora's box opening up and suddenly 
my life changed as I said overnight things got incredibly busy I was the only person working on it still Mm. for months until I hired you know different friends and stuff to help out and I was going into meetings and the first thing people would say was tell me about your health and obviously I couldn't expect people to not ask Mm. it had been publicized everywhere it was the story of the handbag but I hadn't realized how traumatic it was to walk into a room of people saying wow you were in a wheelchair tell me about that and I was trying to get over it at that Mm. point and I actually found it incredibly hard and you're trying to I suppose when a business takes off like that absolutely and also to deal with that kind of demand you do have to kind of almost step into a kind of business business mindset 100% like walk into a meeting and Mm. even if you don't feel it you put on a okay you have to Mm. give yourself a pep talk I can do this and then when you're constantly being dragged back to oh yeah yeah I can imagine because it was a hobby really I mean I I wanted it as a business but really it was a hobby and then suddenly it had become this major business you know I was meeting all these big CEOs and they were jealous of my company and I just remember thinking oh my god and they saw me obviously as this young 23 year old vulnerable Mm. girl who's just come out of all these years of illness has no clue what to do next (laughs) I did have a clue but like as in I was dealing with the task in hand and I was being told to do this 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 Mm. this 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 this, 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 which just made me go away from my gut instinct which was quite a challenging time actually so how many orders are we talking Uh, I won't specify exactly but I will say that I remember distinctly sitting under my bed you know like as a kid when you sit with your duvet on top Mm -hmm. as like a tent yeah yeah and everyone had gone to bed. It, it was a night of Megan happening. Everyone had gone to bed in my household. And I was just sat there with the laptop on. And I was hitting the refresh button. Mm. And it was literally going up like a thousand pounds every time I refreshed it. Oh my gosh, wow. It was absolutely insane. The weird thing was though, I never... Like most people would think, oh my god, you know, this has happened and wow. I don't really want to talk about it too much, but I think people could get hooked on the money side and be Mm. like, wow, look at this, I've just made this. I never thought like that because I never wanted to take it. Like, I know that's not fixed. Mm. do you know what I mean and and it's a business like so none of it be burnt away very quickly yeah and none of it really like I was having to owe myself back what I put into it Mm. but really it was money to go back into the business and I knew it was all just growth so I never looked at it like wow I made it never I just looked at it as like wow well maybe I can you know move out now but like I've got to work hard at it and it was a strange thing because a lot of people around me were celebrating and I was like I have no time to even have that emotion yeah yeah 100% Sounds so can, weird. no no not at all because ultimately I remember you had to find a new manufacturer oh you yeah were, suddenly were international you had to get staff on board mm. in terms of I mean when you, we talk about throwing in at the deep end that is pretty much a ca- case and for study someone example. for someone who had issues going on yeah. and I'd recovered physically a few months before Megan from you know incredible incredible doctors of my own hard work holistically mentally I was not there because I was building myself up and you know like I said anxiety and stuff when you have anxiety I mean who does not have anxiety in this day Mm -hmm. and age sadly but you know sometimes when you're fearful to go out and meet someone you wouldn't go and do that literally every second or every day when you're trying to get over that Mm. I was being thrown into 
everything so I had no choice because I was the only one doing it and this sounds like such a sob story I do not mean it like this but I just mean there was a different side that obviously you can't show Mm. and I was really finding it hard behind the scenes because if it was just the business end I could have dealt with that but because it was so personal because people knew me because people knew my story I had no boundary Mm. I couldn't go home at night and feel like oh I can switch off it was just constant Mm. and it was emails constant I mean I just remember there's a scene on Bruce Almighty where he gets all his prayers in do you remember that it was like that just non-stop like at the start of when this all happened I mean where do you start where do you start and you're having all these opportunities around the world massive opportunities like dream come true stuff but in my head the only priority I ever had was the bags need to be made yeah that's all my focus needed to go into I didn't care about any of the other stuff I just wanted my customers to get their bags in their hands podcast is sponsored by Zero Accounting Software, who proudly support female entrepreneurs and help business owners to see their finances clearly. For help in getting your business digital ready, visit xero.com. Let's talk about the decision to move the manufacturing to, mm. is it Spain? Yeah, it's yeah, in Spain. Spain. So yeah. obviously, like, that in itself is a really big decision to uh-huh. make. It's not, like, a easy decision to Ooh, make. Yeah. And these are the kind of challenges, I suppose, so many businesses face, them, especially yeah. when it's like a product-based business. Where to It's growth. It Overnight yeah. growth is hard. Like, to that degree where suddenly so much I mean internally as well so much needed to set be set up in the company mm. you know just all these different processes spreadsheets yeah, and like yeah. accountants and legal team and you know all these different things that you would never think about and then you suddenly think oh my god have I trademarked this have I done that there was so much involved it took months even a year to get everything in place you know it's just the process but in terms of the manufacturing so it became very very obvious from the off that I was not safe here in Britain because I was working with a factory and I had an incredible woman there who I forever will be grateful for what she did for me. She absolutely fought for me behind the scenes to get bags made and you know I'll I'll forever be grateful for her for going and kind of getting me involved in things and getting the hard work done but unfortunately what I'd learned through British manufacturing I I dealt with quite a few people and I'd obviously as soon as Megan happened I'd spoken to many many different people trying to get as many people if I have all these hundreds of bags to make I need as many different people who I can rely on I need people I can trust and I need them going at the same time like clockwork I cannot wait for just one person to make it so I was dealing with a lot of people at the time but unfortunately the one that we were dealing with I think in all honesty they did not see it as an opportunity Mm. that they should have seen it as I think they didn't have the insight into it unfortunately and I've heard from a lot of people who've dealt with British manufacturing across all different items products there's something there where there's no spark there's no drive to innovate it's very much stagnant and I hate saying that because I was a grand believer in you know British is best and local is best but unfortunately when it comes down to business if they're not delivering your bags and you've paid money up front there's a lot of things involved that just did not work out unfortunately Mm. and I had to make the decision to move to Spain and it was a hard decision and you know I like I said I've been dealing with quite a few people around the country at the same time and so I didn't just have my eggs in one basket I was dealing with different people and then there came like a very very big straw that broke the camel's back and I just said 
I can't I can't actually keep trying to help and support these people who do not want to reciprocate that yeah Yeah. I had a mentor on at the time through the prince's trust like loosely loosely through the prince's trust and he actually said I know a great factory in Spain I think you should consider it and I had actually other advice at the time saying come on Charlotte you've got all these bads mate you cannot just keep saying I want to support these British men when Mm. things were actually not that rosy behind the scenes Mm. so I had to leave for a business decision yeah and and actually I've genuinely never looked back because the quality the service everything that we have been delivered from moving to Spain has been absolutely incredible yeah. and, and I, I just, do not look back now and, and I, I think to myself well. why did I struggle yeah. for so long yeah just to try and, and help other people yeah, yeah. what about the decision to work with your sisters because I'm so close to my big sister but we always say I don't think we could work together so I'm always really interested when family go into business together what's it been like working with your sisters and how have you like kind of managed the dynamic Dynamic of of being in business mode and family mode in all honesty I kind of think there's an expectation that it's like work made sisters usual sisters at home we're just the same all the time nothing's actually changed I actually think from the off I always knew we always knew that we'd all work together on it it was a matter of when really so even when I was doing it alone in my bedroom before Megan had happened and you know before we'd had a bit more success that we can get jobs in you know financially with we always knew we'd work together on it so I actually think that was so special because we all knew where it was going before it even happened and then suddenly you know the mega thing happened and I hired different friends who you know were incredible helping you know I'll always be grateful for them because they really were thrown in at the deep mm. end and I obviously was not an established boss I had no clue what I was doing mm. I was very much the same boat as them just like absolutely treading water yeah. and then suddenly I burnt out yeah basically yeah. suddenly you know you go from a very very slow life and then suddenly you are literally every day non-stop and you're not sleeping CEO of an international business, business yeah but I think it was just hard for me because obviously I knew I had to look after myself, but I actually had no choice. I couldn't look after my health because who else is going to be in my position? So anyway, I found it really hard. And I remember there was one particular day when my sisters both weren't working for me. They were still at their companies and it was like a summer day and it was a few months on from Megan. The bag still hadn't been delivered and it was all on pre-order. So Mm. customers are paid. So obviously it was getting very, very difficult because I was dealing with a lot behind the scenes. And there came a day I remember I had to do an interview with a news channel and I was just like absolutely burning out at this point and all I wanted like I said was to look after my customers and the bags I didn't actually really want to do all this PR but I knew unfortunately it's part of it and I remember going along to this interview and the whole time he just talked I know we've spoken about health today but Mm. it's different with a friend Mm. it's just different because you're not saying it to get something out of it but I remember at the time it was this really quite pretentious journalist who'd been in the game for a long time as I understood from the way he talked about himself and he was getting all his powder done and it was like a different world because I'm just not that (laughs) at all I just showed up like okay what do I do 
was media trained and everything, but from the off, he was just like, so you're in, a, you know, you're in a wheelchair and this happened to you and, uh, and it was just non-stop. And then he was asking me what my parents did and like mm. this, and I just thought, oh, this is not my job. Mm. And I remember at that point I left, I was at the Prince's Trust offices in London. They did this interview there. And then I left, got in a cab, went back to my flat from which I was working from, had an office in my bedroom mm. to crash. Didn't see friends, totally cut off from everything because I was just dealing with this major, major thing on my hands that I didn't want to screw up and I remember I went back at the cab and I just sobbed the whole way home and I just I thought to my, I feel broken inside I feel like I'm suddenly being used as this thing like my health is being used as like a mm. thing to get likes yeah. and it's being used to get views on their article and I didn't like that because it was like sorry this is my life mm-hmm. and I shared it originally just for my own help and to help others that was the main thing and suddenly I felt like it'd been flipped on its head and it was being used as like I don't know it was just a very strange time and I remember coming home and I was sobbing in the cab on the way home got back to the flat and I just shut the door and I just literally I went onto my office desk and was just in fetal position just crying Mm. and then I opened up to my family I think slightly and I said I'm I I'm really struggling I said to my dad I don't know what to do and then it just became very very clear sorry going back to your point I actually think it's really important that I say this though because mm-hmm. people a lot of people have said oh I thought you were just like having a really good life I didn't know yeah, that but that's actually why you were I really depressed she can, she did. honestly it's like so yeah. easy to look at your business and think oh, the girl's oh got it yeah girls got it sorted yeah. and actually I went through the worst time mentally mm. actually ever in my life after that happened because not Megan, I, I mean the, the press. It was mm. that side of it I did not like. And the games and biz, it was just all too cocky and bitchy. I just did not like it. All I wanted was to sell nice handbags to people and make people happy. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to do. So did your dad suggest that your sisters came on? Yeah, my dad then? was just like, I'm going to have a chat with the girls tonight. And obviously I, I wasn't seeing my sisters much, which was weird because I, I just cut off from like everything in my life just to try and cope. And it's just a sad life because I was just working all day. I wasn't looking after myself, as I said. I wasn't sleeping. I was waking up at like 4am after going to bed at like 2. I mean, it was just ingredients for a breakdown, to be quite Mm. honest. And incredibly lonely. And I couldn't really talk to anyone because I remember thinking at the time, I can't share how badly. Like, I was getting the job done. There was never a point where I was like, I literally can't do it. At that point, at least. But it was very much, I was ticking along, but I was... Every single time, every day went on that I wasn't expressing myself. I was feeling worse and worse Mm. because I was actually going away from everything that Charlotte Elizabeth was, which was this authentic, like company where I was honest and just myself and suddenly I had to become this like thing that just like turned up at interviews turned up at meetings and was just directed what to do and I felt like I'd lost a lot Mm. but my dad said you know I'm going to speak to girls tonight and then I think they'd had a conversation and then my sister Amy who's here today who's here today (laughs) I'm the youngest by the way so I have Amy who's the middle one and then Emma who's the old one Mm. and then Amy made the incredible decision to leave her PR firm that she was working for in London and it was a good job. And then my other sister, Emma, she was working at a magazine, very prestigious, like good magazine mm. to work for, which even I would question leaving. Yeah. And she worked on the finances. So it was exactly what we needed. And then she left, I think six months after Amy came on board. And it was at that point, I think a few days after Amy came on board, I absolutely just, I slept for 18 hours a day. Yeah, I was absolutely worn out. 
And when they both came on board, though, I just knew it was right. It yeah. was suddenly like my shoulders had been dragged down and down, down. And then as soon as they came on board, it was like I was being held up. Again. I feel like I'm yeah. a young, the youngest and I feel like my big sister, there's something about having your sisters. Mm. Like it's such a, a special relationship. And I feel like Carrie it's was such always a special there. Relationship. Like she's always there to, she's biggest cheerleader and she's the biggest support network in terms of mm. if I've got any questions, she's the one I ask. It's mm. really strange. I think it's like sisters. It's such a like special that. bond, especially for us, the power of three. I think there's always something in that. Like we really like the way it's three. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I also think as well, at that time, I was being given everything. Like when Megan happened, it was like this opportunity, booked out, this, this, this. There was even like a movie chat at one point, which I hated because I just, I just want to do my job here. I yeah. just want to sell bags, as I said. I don't want all this. And suddenly it was becoming this big thing, like this... I don't know it just it just become kind of out of hand mm. and I remember at that time I had a lot of people around me not the people who I genuinely trust wholeheartedly with my mm. life who I've learned who I really do trust like you know my dear mentor and all these different people that have mentored me a lot of people around me were yes men I call them so suddenly every opportunity was coming at me and it was like yeah do it do it do it you're never gonna get it again it's all this money do it do it do it and it never felt right to me and then the difference is now when I went with my sisters they're just like no no yeah. shot. They're the first people to tell me just no. That's yeah. yeah. They never tell me that oh, it's terrible. They never say it's a terrible idea. But they, they know what's best. They're for you, honest then. with me. Yeah. And I love that because you know a lot of that time I was incredibly just like being pulled in all different directions, being told what to do. Blah, blah, blah. But I lost that sense of kind of who am I like mm. in all of this. And we're very much on the same page with things. And I feel like they really ground me. Yeah. And I feel like they just know what the business is and what it's going to be. And it's almost like you don't even need to say. Yeah. And you can trust them implicitly, oh, which is so important. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I've learned that ultimately. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you a story about a lawyer. Oh, dear. Really? <laughs> go. So at the time of Megan happening, I can say this legally, but I will not go into the depths of it. Yeah. I've learned from another amazing lawyer who we now have. So... When Megan happened, I was dealing with all different manufacturers, as I said, around Britain. And one of them, <laughs> one day, was basically doing the same bag, but a tiny bit different. It was just awful. They'd, like... Copied it. Some could say. Yeah. <laughs> I won't say the word, but you yeah, can yeah. say it. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty awful. And then I was dealing with a lawyer who I'd met through someone who I thought I trusted. And this lawyer, I was walking along one day, and I said, okay, this manufacturer I'm dealing with who I was about to get into business with. I said, this manufacturer, I've walked in and they've basically got me that same bag on the table. And I said, what do I do? And then, as I said, I was about to get into business with them. And then this lawyer said to me, well, we've got a conflict of interest here because I'm actually selling that company to someone that I'd met who was a nasty, nasty oh, piece of work. Awful, like sweatshop, old Greek guy who was just pounding the table as I walked in, just screaming at me, like telling me to go to China to go and make all my bags. I was like, I don't want to go to China. Mm. Sorry, I'm going to go to the EU first. I'm not going to go to China after Britain. It's yeah. a made in Britain bag. I'm not <laughs> just jumped to made in China. Yeah. It's not with my value. So he turned around and said, I'm dealing with this company. I'd realized that everything I'd said to this lawyer was being fed back to this company. And I was just. <laughs> I mean, what do you do in that situation? You have hundreds of bags to make and you're dealing with this massive case. Yeah. And with with yeah. situations like that then, how do you make sure that you're looking after yourself through all of this I now? didn't. I didn't. 
but you're very much into mm, I took a lot of time off yeah so I went through just a very very hard time actually like I said I didn't look after myself I relapsed and then I found out I needed another heart surgery so I had that in October so I'm only three months into recovery mm. and I have to look after my health first I know that now my well-being and I will not speak about my health with my bags unless mm. it's for something like this yeah. it's meaningful yeah. I will not do it because it just does not align with who I am I think I've learned a lot more about myself and my boundaries and I've learned to respect myself a bit more and I have definitely learned that I want a business that is seen as work this is very away from who I used to be I used to see it as like all in all or nothing mm. I, I don't believe boundaries need to be built basically oh yeah. yeah and I always think it's something I'm doing for my own self through what I've been through I'm I've like written what could be a book and I've been doing that for years and I've always said to myself if I get the strength to publish it one day I would do it but it would have to have a reason why and I know what that reason why would be which I won't say but I do sometimes think in the future if I'm really am over it and I know I'm over it I would love to do that mm. just out of my pure heart of really being like this is for anyone who's going through it because I just think it's such a lonely road Going forward then, Charlotte, the Megan hype, you got the bags out, all of that kind of thing. Mm. How? It took months. Eight month waiting list. That's crazy though, isn't it? Incredible. Because we just could not fulfill demand. I love it though. I love stories like this. Where <laughs> where do you want the brand to go? What do you envision the brand to be in, say, mm. 10 years time? You know, all I ever wanted it to be. So I'm going back to that girl in the bedroom who had the epiphany. Mm. At that point, I saw it as a brand that was something my grandma is at charlotte elizabeth is named after my grandma I my grandma's elizabeth so people think yeah. i'm charlotte elizabeth yeah. i'm not i have a different middle name which i like what's to keep your private. middle name oh no i like to keep private because it's my I'm... one it's my one little thing that i can Fair keep enough. as like an annoying thing that i won't tell anyone <laughs> see my middle name's elizabeth so oh that's yeah, so nice I like me and your it's grand. a common name for our mm. generation i think as a middle name yeah. but it's my grandma's it's my name as well. yeah it's my grandma's name because i wanted to name it after her because she's such an inspiration in my life but also I wanted that family element so actually on the logo funnily enough the H goes into the L of Elizabeth so H from Charlotte goes into the L of Elizabeth so it's like a hand to generation and I just wanted it to be something that my grandma my mum and me could all wear and all be happy with and I think that is still the same thing now I'm obsessed with classic vintage 1950s cars so mm. that's actually where I get all my curvature for my bags based off of so I never want to lose that I think it's far more charming to be traditional you know when, when I design I like to design knowing that three generations could wear it and also that it's not just being designed to get a little bit in your cash flow for mm. spring summer I want to design for something that genuinely people want to wear want to use out at weddings graduations going out for dinner one night even going to hospital I've had people go with their bags as good mm. luck and I never ever want to get caught up in a fast way of doing this mm. I think this is here for the long haul I want a classic stands, brand I don't yeah I don't yeah. want to you know a lot of brands now I watch from afar and I watch how they're suddenly getting on board of all these different things and I just think mm, but that's not in line with who you are mm. you're only doing that to try and keep up I honestly could not agree mm. with you more and I think you know you're doing podcasts now mm. I love podcasts but sometimes when I see people doing it and I think why are 
you doing it. You're just doing it because you've seen the figures, you've seen the stats, you see it's doing well. Yeah, it should be the ones who actually, like you, genuinely Mm. have like a meaningful reason. And I think that's the way I'm trying to foresee this going forward is I always want to keep it just this classic, slow growing. Mm. I don't see that I want anything else that's going to kind of upheave anything. Mm. I just want a nice business made by our community, something we can all be proud of. And And remember why you started. mm, Yeah, and it's not, it sounds awful, it's not about me anymore. It used to be always like, I felt like it was people were buying into it to kind of support me. As lovely as that is, and as grateful as I am that that happened and it got us to this point. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible. But this isn't the Charlotte show anymore. It's Mm. grown up now and I don't want it to be about me. I just do a job and I want to create good from this. And I want it so that, you know, my sister's and I can be proud of what we've made and it's like a family business and you know we help a lot of people behind the scenes you know all the people involved in our supply chain we help which I hope to show more of this year because I think that's the side people don't really see in fashion I love that and they're fundamental yeah Yeah. they're fundamental parts of who we are so it's a big family as part of you know what we do but you know for our community I'd like it where it's a brand that is like a household name Mm, you know but not anything that's gonna be like a quick thing that lasts 10 years and then that's it I don't want that I want a long time I love that so slow growth is a good thing I think 100% yeah final statements I start you finish if that's okay please being my own boss means (laughs) doing whatever hell I want without anyone telling me off yeah (laughs) I don't like people bossing me around I've always been one to boss myself around when it's not quite going to plan my advice would be to get in the bath go in the Mm. bath shut yourself away from the world tell people you are not coming out until you've sorted everything out in your own head sit in there epsom salts read a book or just think chill yeah just think yeah it's like yeah. what I said to you in our interview earlier. Mine's a shower. Yeah. Like, scrub it off. Yeah, shower. Yeah. yeah. If I could describe myself as a businesswoman, I would say that I am. I've learned a lot in the short time of doing this, but I would never say I know all the answers ever. Mm. I've got a hell of a lot more to learn. Learning as you can. And I also think as well, I like business and I like it when, like, you're very much in tune with who you are and, like, you're going ahead with it and you feel like you win all the little battles that go mm. on. But I actually think as well, I like in business just being like I say, in tune with who I am. And I think you always have to have a reason why, Mm. always, in all what you do. And I think if I was in this just because of the money, I mean, I really, it would be incredible. show as well. Yeah, exactly. If I could go back to day one of my business, I would tell myself. (laughs) Oh my God, hold your horses. (laughs) No, I, I would say to myself, you are actually far more special than you think. And you're not, I always sort of saw myself as the lowest of the low in society because of what happened with my health. And actually, we're all the same. We're all on the same boat here. We all get dealt different things in our life. And I think I never realised that actually from the very worst thing, it could actually be a very special thing. Mm. So I go back. What makes you unique? Yeah, I kind of go back and just say to myself, I'd say actually don't be as naive. Mm. Think about things more. Only share what you're comfortable with. I don't regret things now, but... I would definitely be a bit more cautious. I'd try and protect her a lot more. But actually, I think she needs to make those mistakes to kind of get to this point. Yeah, hindsight's clever. And very lastly, you've kind of already answered it, but I'll ask you anyway. (laughs) I want my legacy to be that. I think I always imagine, obviously, this sounds really, well, it doesn't sound morbid. It sounds right to what I've been through. I've had to kind of face my own mortality in my own head quite a lot through Mm -hmm. what I've been through. And I think what I've realised is that I want to create a life 
that it's actually very adventurous and colourful. I do not want a vanilla life. Mm. And I think sometimes it's quite scary to admit that because you realise that you're going to have to do things that are very much against kind of your comfort zone. And I look at my life and I'd like to leave a legacy of someone who genuinely did their very best to help the very, how can I say this? I would love to be known as someone who helps the people who are seen as scum by society. Mm. As simple as that. And as awful as that sounds, I think... The people that need the help. I think I've always seen people who are that as very special people and not in a way that it's very hard to say this but I think you know when people get out of jail when people are homeless when people are struggling to pay the bills when people are, you know there's a reason and I think far often than not people push them to a side and say oh well they're just them or they're ill they're they're homeless they're helpless I've always wanted to help these people And I think there's genuinely a light in everyone and it's just up to us to switch on. So that's what I'd like to be remembered by. Oh, Charlotte, thank you. I feel like crying now. Yeah, that was so lovely. (laughs) Thank you for listening to She Can, She Did. If you fancy being a complete star and doing your good deed for the day, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes to give the She Can, She Did series a little boost and help others to find it. You can also attend the Midweek Mingles, the She Can She Did event series for female founders and aspiring female business owners, featuring a whole lot of business inspiration and the all-important GNTs in equal measure. For more information and to book your ticket, head to www.shecanshedid.com. I would love to see you there.